Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode six of the Deviant Gentleman podcast. My name is Shane Vitko, alongside my co-host, Mr. Tommy Vext. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. This is your Uncle Tommy Vext. Uncle almost deputized. Almost deputized. Tommy Vext. Soon enough. And uh, we have a very special guest today. We have Master Sergeant Kayla Manthe of the United States Air Force. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. Are you nervous? Yeah. All right. You want to take a lap? No, we're good. Good. You good? She's Sorry. good. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm gonna fly helicopters. You good? You guys don't. You guys don't scare me. <laughs> yeah. So that's next, huh? Pilot school. Yeah. I start in September. Now September. let me ask you: Is it because you're bored doing what you're doing, or you just want a new challenge? I feel like the military is always like, "What's the next challenge?" Yeah. For some people, yeah. For me, that's exactly what it is. I I wanted to commission a while ago. Things just never really happened. But now, now I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. That ain't going to bite you, I promise. No. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. Let me start this, too. Well, let's talk about, can we, can we get into the, your, so let's talk about <laughs> pre-military. Yeah. You had a, mo- you were, you had a, a prominent modeling career as a, as a young lady. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. tell us about that. For TJ Maxx, right? <laughs> Kmart. No. <laughs> uh, Sears, actually. Sears and Robot. <laughs> Um, I started modeling when I was 14, and then after that, I did pageants when I was 17 and 18. Um, but you didn't do pageants as a kid? No. Huh. No, not at all. I was a super tomboy as a kid. I played with cars, and I rebuilt cars with my dad. Played a lot of sports, and I was always outside doing something. What was your favorite sport? Basketball. Can you dunk? I'm so tall, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so uh, modeling at 14. Mm-hmm. And yeah. did you get picked up, or was this just like doing photo shoots at the? I I did fit modeling, so it was more like I was kind of a life size mannequin. I was the average size of the typical customer that they were trying to fit, I guess, for clothes. Can you say who it was or no? Oh uh, yeah, I did a lot of work for Mervins at the time. No clue what that is. Mervins. Mervins. What's Mervins? Mer- I don't know. Never like an outlet it. joint or a place for chicks or well, I mean, women? Sorry, it's twenty twenty. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of like Sears, JCPenney type stuff. I did a lot of stuff for um, Levi's, Old Navy, Banana Republic, because they're all kind of... BR. The Republic of Bananas. Bananas. <laughs> you ever go in there? I have. It's an interesting it's not, place. It, it doesn't quite suit uh, bigger gentlemen, so I'm the always extra, let down. The extra larges are made for fat dads. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very this way, yeah, not yeah, this yeah. way. Yeah. So, it's like uh, short fat dads. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, American Apparel, uh, any of that yeah. stuff. You go in, you're like, oh, this is sick, and you try it on, and it's like, Yeah, none of that. What you, happened? You know, what the bi- uh, you know what's a really cool store that nothing will fit me is All Saints. They have really cool ideas, Dude, uh, and they have like the the you know. So fun does, fact, nothing fits. Fun fact: nothing. if you go back and look at the picture from New Year's Eve, that top that I have is a fucking All Saints. Awful choice. Oh, really? It was an awful choice, dude. As soon as yeah. I hugged you guys like this, it was a belly shirt. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. So it was it, cool if I don't move. If yeah. I just stood there, it was great, mannequin style. But as soon as I had to do anything yeah. that involved movement, I had a little kid's fucking No, it's, shirt it's a weird deal. It's I don't know. It is. But anyway, we don't um, have the same body type as you, unfortunately right. for us. Men's crop tops are coming back, though. Yeah. Are they? I heard Jorts. Yeah. I used yeah. to have them when I was a kid. A Puma crop top thing was sweet. I loved it. Was it? <laughs> yeah. That would explain this a lot. This was about... 85, mind you, but yeah, okay. dude, I used to rock that thing fucking tough with the little shorts and shit. Yeah. 85. Sure. Bring it back. With fucking pulled up tube socks <laughs> with the stripes on them. Oh, yeah, dude. You're like a Pizza Gates dream, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Good thing I was miles from Comet Ping Pong at the time. I know, right? All right, uh, so, uh, so back to modeling. <laughs> back Wait, to so, modeling. So you're from California. I am, yeah. All right, and that's where the modeling career, career took off, was in modeling. Yeah. And you decided to get into that? Your parents? How, what happened? Um, I decided to. My mom was really supportive of it. My parents were really cool about it because it was, you know, fit modeling. It wasn't putting me in any type of, like, compromising situation as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... How was the pageants? Was it like... <sighs> Was it like like I am at so uh, let me just I didn't even know they did that me me either but but I am I imagine they're like tripping each other I always think of like what's that movie uh, strip tease with with uh, 
the girl from um, Elizabeth Berkeley. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's like, I just imagine like backstage catty girls just like breaking heels and slightly gluing them on and so doing catty. evil stuff. Yeah, like tell the us. First, the first two pageants I did. So I did San Francisco City's Teen. So you start locally and then you go into state and then nationals. So I did San Francisco cities and like that one, that that was easy. You know, the girls were all super cool and stuff like that. And then I went to California teen. Again, the girls, they were actually pretty cool. I went to nationals and that was the worst experience. So we went, we were in Vegas and like this girl, she like, she would have like lipstick and she was just like casually walking by and she would like get lipstick on dresses and like one girl, her, uh, her room got flooded, so all of like the black stuff that comes down, you know, to like extinguish fires or whatever, it just like destroyed her dresses and stuff. And the moms, I think, like it wasn't so much the girls; it was more like the moms. They were brutal. Huh. So a pageant at that age is, uh, is it, is it dress, uh, swimsuit, all that shit, a special talent, a fucking trick, a we joke? We didn't do talent at all. So was it just, or did you just come out in a dress and here's what I got? Yeah, for the most part. We did like a, a little opening number thing, a little dance, and then uh, they asked they asked us questions at the end, but like it was mostly dance? just like... I imagine <laughs> like all of you guys in full yeah. gowns doing like... <laughs> doing yeah. a fucking yeah, Irish like, jig. I know, just to like... Wait, so <laughs> do they like only... Murphy's Law. <laughs> <laughs> Flogging Molly in the yeah, background. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what is going on? Um, do they... Uh, is there like a... Uh, certain outfits you can choose from, or you just go like fucking this you dress looks cool. You can pick whatever you want. Did so, anyone ever wear a wedding dress? Um, I did in my last one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, right. My first dress though, like I'm very frugal, so my first dress was like a twenty dollar dress from J C Penney, and I was very proud of that because I was like, oh, you can still win, right. In a fucking twenty dollar dress, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's as if you, you bring the as you like, so you won. You better yes. In oh. a J C Penney dress, you heard Absolutely. it here. Absolutely. How I'm many? Uh, how so? How did? How many of those? What did? How many pageants have you placed in? I did three, and I I won all three. Damn. Oh, just. And then you were like, fuck this. Yeah. Basically, I'm yeah, out. Yeah. Fuck this. Get me a rifle. You got me a trifecta. You're like, I need a gun. I, mean, I got bored, you know, but I, it was cool for a while. But then, like, there was a lot of pressure to be skinny, skinny, and, like, maintain a certain, you know, presence. In a, and this was four, 14 to what, what age? Um, <clears throat> I did my last pageant at 18, so I only did pageants at 17 and 18. Like, okay. do you get dough for that too, or just a cool trophy to take home and a high five? Cool trophies, like cheap crowns, but they're sparkly. So, do you cool. still have them? Ha absolutely, like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I prance around in my like, yeah. sash when I'm feeling right. shitty. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, like, a thing of Ben and Jerry's with the sash yeah. on and the crown. Watching just walking sex in the city. That's, you just that's bring my them to deployment night. after you're done patching up soldiers. You got blood all over you. Like, it's fine. I'll be fine. It's fine. Um, and how old were you when you enlisted? Uh, I was 21. And did yeah. you did you vet all the armed um, forces, or, or were you set on Air Force right away? No, I, I wanted to be a Marine. Yeah, oh, me too. Right. Yeah, that was that was what I wanted to do. That was the first place I ever went to. But actually, when I when I was a kid, I was like 12. I told my dad, I was like, "Hey, I want to be a fighter pilot. What do I need to do?" And he's like, "Well, start getting ready now." You know. But my dad, he's very, you know. You could tell he was like, please don't do it. Please do something safe, you know? But he's my dad's awesome. He's been really supportive. But. Yeah, I went to the Marines, too, and I was like, they were like, uh, I was like, I have a GED and uh, a few arrests on my record. And they were like, yeah, hard pass. The Army was like, come on over here, sir. We'll take you. Oh, yeah. And well, then the Marines called me when I was shipping off for boot camp, and they were like, actually, it turns out. And I was like, hey, man, you're a day late and a dollar short. Sorry. Yeah, they. I think, like, the Marines were like, oh, yeah, you can you can be a cop. And I was like, eh, I don't know, maybe I'll see some other stuff. Oh, like and an MP in the Marines? Yeah. And so I, I checked out the Air Force, and um, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be ammo, because I thought that was really cool. Like, I don't the know. fuck is ammo? Like supply? Ammunition, like working with uh, all the rounds and stuff like oh, that. Okay. I thought that would be pretty cool. Um, and then I just I went into medical, because it was the first thing that somebody was like, hey, you should really do this. We think you'd be really good. And then Medical for me, it was like not, it was the last thing I wanted to Who do. Who said that? Like someone in the Air Force was like, we think you'd be great. Yeah. At this. So did you go to basic with a plan or did you go to basic and then just like you had to have signed up for medic? I did, yeah. I signed up in the reserve 
Um, so in the reserve, you get to, you know, you like have your duty station that you go to, and then you also you have your your job. Right. Um, so I wanted to be a loadmaster, just like flying around and loading planes, because it like you see all the pictures of everybody doing cool stuff, and yeah. they're like, oh, we go- yeah, we went to Hawaii this last weekend. Oh, we did this or whatever, and then now I'm like, oh well. I work in a hospital now, so <laughs> I don't go anywhere. But. Um, and you went to boot camp where? At Lackland. And that's and San Antonio? San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how long was your AIT? That's advanced individual training. So after boot camp. There's a lot of people who don't know these right, t- right, the terminologies. Right, right, yeah, right. it's like all acronyms. That's all the, that's all the military is, is acronyms. But I went to... I was in training at Shepard Air Force Base out in, uh, shoot, I don't even remember where it was. It was in Texas, way north. Um, But, man, I think that was like 10 weeks, 10 to 12 weeks or 16 weeks, something like that. And then from there, they send you to do clinicals in a rotation. So I was in Ohio, and I was stationed there for a little while doing rotations, working in their hospital. And Um, then I got to So I wonder, I have questions. So... This is interesting. You're obviously hot. It, like on oh, paper, like listen, I'm just I'm not trying to be a misogynist pig. I'm just we're Jesus just talking Tommy. about but you know, the the military is predominantly filled with dudes. Mm-hmm. How difficult is it to be an attractive woman amongst all these dudes? And do you get more dick pics than than regular Instagram models? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you don't have to answer we, the we second could go part. In, we could go but into tell, the DM. And, yeah, tell them the number yeah. one request. Feet pictures. <laughs> Feet pictures, yeah. Feet. Dude, it's That's disgusting. a weird thing. I'm going to take three right now. I'll it's have them online yeah. for sure. Yeah, if you want, follow yeah, yeah. me on yeah. Instagram <laughs> for They're feet gonna pictures be on, of, of we'll Kayla them, after yeah. this. Top bid. Yeah. Top right? bid gets the first picture. They're right oh, here. Geez. That's such a strange thing. It's, it is, man. I mean, look at I appreciate good feet. Like yeah, I'm a little yeah, bit yeah. of a bug. Like if it's gross feet, I'm kind of good. Yeah, but I yeah. also don't give a f- like, I don't want to take pictures of them and like. Well, I never like, like consider I like I wonder what someone's feet <laughs> looks like. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I just would assume that Their you took feet. care of your feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hopefully there's five. <laughs> yeah, five toes. Five toes yeah, you know. Instead of five feet, yeah. I'm like, what are you, fucking spiders over here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, that's a weird thing. What else is... So So how, how many how many dudes that you get deployed with fall in love with you <laughs> on deployment? Oh, Jesus. Um, I don't know. I, guess I don't really pay any mind to it, to be completely honest. I'm very... I try to keep things like very professional and very much in the mentality of you don't shit where you eat type thing. Um, Cause it's, it's really hard, especially with like my Instagram mm-hmm. and the followers, the wives of people or even other females that I'm deployed with or work with. It's always really hard to maintain a good separation and balance with that. Now, do you think, because I think the same, and that makes sense because it's like, I can tell you personally, if I'm the, so when I was in the military, there was no social media or anything, right? So, but if I was now, and here's a girl that's in my unit, and I know she's famous through Instagram, good looking girl, all this stuff, like, I'm thinking in the way of a sexist male, and I'm going, oh, this girl's definitely down, blah, 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 I'm going to shoot my shot, whatever it is. Do you think it's, uh, how do you maintain, how does a woman, especially a master sergeant, how do you maintain that level of like do you do you make sure that it's respect at at all levels it's really hard you know a lot of people are still going to do what they're going to do you know i have some people who they no matter how many times i'm like look bro like enough is enough stop like you you've absolutely crossed the line some of them that like they'll still like send messages or like be really catty and petty about stuff but it's like dude at the end of the day like i feel good in the fact that like I'm still doing my job because I'm here for my job, mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. make a relationship. How, how inappropriate. Well, yeah, I want to, hold on. I want to, this is a better question. I, what I want to ask is, th- I want to segue that into what, so we need a PSA here. So guys, I'm going to help you out. What, how, what is the appropriate way to ask a woman out who you work with and accept rejection if rejection is received? Please, what is the most pre- uh, preferable response? I mean, I think most females these days, like all we're asking for is to be respected. 
And if a dude is coming to to ask me out on a date, if he's respectful about it, like, hey, I, I don't know what your situation is. I, I like to keep my personal life personal, mm. right? So, you know, if a, if a dude comes up to me and is like, hey, you know, I, I think you're good looking or whatever, and uh, hey, can I take you to dinner? Like, that gives me the opportunity to make an assessment and say yes or no mm. to that. Applebee's has a two for one. Would you care? I love yeah. Applebee's. That's it. That's but. what they say. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of dudes, they're, they're so used to that, you know, not being told no, um, especially dudes in, in certain communities um, within the military. They're so used to getting their own way. Um, How so? Because, I mean, I think it's a, to me it's a – so I'm, I'm, I'm a civilian, so, so there are different levels, and we live in L.A., and we are in Hollywood. So there are definitely – uh, I definitely understand the premise because there are people who are like, who can, who basically, and I've had, I've heard this before that, that, you know, women I, I know or have dated who have rejected celebrities, these dudes throw fucking tantrums. Mm -hmm. Like they can't accept it. And it's like, I always think it's, it's hysterical to me. It comes back to like, when my mother always taught me the woman always chooses. So if someone doesn't choose you, it's all good. And that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah. But, like, there's dudes who, you know, I, I've turned them down multiple times or have been like, yo, like, enough is enough. Please stop contacting me. Where it's to the point <laughs> where, so like. brutal. How could you mistake that for anything else than what it is? I had, but to, do they just I had to do that to Tommy going. in the beginning when we first met. Now I was trying to get on the podcast. But see, with me, it worked. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sold a couple records. Yeah. He was see? like, man, this guy yeah. might bring some people yeah. to my platform. <laughs> Stay persistent, folks. Stay persistent, but not creepy. <laughs> I was pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Well, that also goes to you. Is like, how, do you think it's different as someone who you are and as well known as you are? Does a girl have to be respectful to you, or can she just say whatever the fuck she wants because you're a dude? Because we look the way we look, whatever it is. You, no, you know I, what I mean? I, I okay. So I ex well, I definitely experience um, and like I'm like a no like you know. In the micro, I'm in a microcosm of like, you know, I'm in the rock world and it's a very niche thing, you know? And so in that world, yeah, do I get, I, I definitely have people send me um, inappropriate messages and inappropriate, like unsolicited nudes. And my, the weirdest thing is, is like for some reason, people send me sex tapes of that of like couples or like hey look yeah. and i'm like i don't want to see on Monday. <laughs> yeah like i'm like y'all need jesus like but, but, like, but do you think it's different i mean is it well is for it the most part for men me, than it is women yes because for the most part for me i i'm not like uh i'm not like sleazy and my persona isn't such like i'm very like i'm very transparent about who i am and like my values and what matters to me, but I'm also like still a little bit of a fucking asshole. So you might be like, oh, maybe, but like yeah. you can't really get a feel on it. But it's the same thing. You don't need to expose comp all of who you are. Um, but as a man, I'm not really the 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 best way that I can understand what women go through is because men and women are different. So and. The messages I get from gay dudes oh, are God. so vulgar <laughs> that I finally, and I'm like, I understand now. I'm like, oh my God, because they are nasty. But, that, but it's because dudes, guys are just gross. Yeah. We're gross, you know? And so like, you know, am I worried that like Ramon is going to kidnap me and like turn me into his right. bitch lava? Like, you no. should be. Yeah, I'm not really worried about it, you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> but but I'm like 260 pounds. Like you're not gonna kidnap me, you know yeah. what I mean? Unless you work for the Clintons, and uh, <laughs> or you get a good chloroform. Yeah, up. yeah. Don't give anybody any ideas, okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I so I get it. It's definitely hard to be a woman. That's why I'm curious. Of, and it's also like taking a platform and speaking for women to teach and educate men how the fuck to behave. Yeah. That's it. It's like I feel that like as simple. a society, we just don't know how to behave. It's just you just do and say whatever the fuck you want, and there's no repercussions. You know. Um, well, that's the internet. Yeah. What about uh, what about uh, anyone that outranks you? Do you feel that they feel like they can cross a line sometimes, or are they pretty? Absolutely. I've had like commanders come on to me before. I had like a former supervisor. He would like 
make vulgar gestures and like point to his junk and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm a man. I can do this. Oh, I can say whatever I want to you and stuff like that. But then like the second that I try to fire back or defend myself, oh, Kayla, you're complaining. Oh, you better watch your tone, you know, and stuff like that. And you're like, what the, like. Have you ever had to report sexual harassment? Um, In my younger, like in my early career, I should have um, multiple times. What prevented you? Fear. Big time. Um, I think the culture now is like things are starting to come out and people are starting to report more. So like the statistics are coming out like, oh, these cases are coming up 70 percent more or higher. Yeah, because we're starting to actually like speak out against it because yeah. nothing was happening. Mm. Um, I know a lot of women that have PTSD from that stuff that mm -hmm. uh, still refuse to address it or talk about it or feel like nobody nobody listens or nobody believes them. You know, it, yeah, and it's really hard, especially when it's folks that you work with or like supervisors or people who have a, a position of rank mm -hmm. who can kind of hold that above your head yeah. and they can essentially, you know, make your life hell. Th absolutely prevent you from promoting or, you know, going to schools and things like that, you know, working on your career. But what's that noise? Is that your phone? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it might have buzzed, but you don't have the headphones on today, guy. You're fucking breaking protocol. I'm not breaking protocol. I don't. Do I need them? I can hear you just fine. All right. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can't hear you. Uh, so before we get into Vanessa Guillen, um, did you expect to become Instagram famous? God no, not at all. Like, how did it? <laughs> so what? So how did this happen? Because um, I need some pointers. I'm like the worst person to give any advice on it because I don't know. Yeah, you know, you want you want to be Instagram famous? Look like her. That's it. <laughs> All right, okay. I, just I was crawling by <laughs> like I was crawling at like five thousand like followers for like seven years. I'm like, oh yeah, I had to sell like a million records to yeah, get like fifty thousand followers. All right. All right, Nobody wants to records. look at us, bro. It's sell like, records, yeah. crop tops, and weapons. Crop yeah. tops, jorts, puma yeah. crop tops. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Maybe no, grow I, your hair out, you know. There you go. <laughs> no, that Curl that'll up. definitely I will lose followers right? if I grow out the toilet seat, guy. Jesus. It ain't happening. Fuck <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that. I had, uh, I posted like one picture from my deployment in 2017, and that picture just got reposted kind of everywhere. Kind of like within like the grunt style. Vets, yeah. Vets Lives Matter, all that, like those. There were a bunch forms. of yeah, and and they Do were any of like, them sponsor you or any of that shit. No, I, I'm not sponsored. I just. Huh. Are you looking for a sponsor? Oh, nice, <laughs> nice plug, nice plug. Andy, <laughs> yeah. call me. No, <laughs> I was about to say, guy, we ain't sponsoring. What the fuck? We want Jesus Christ. We ain't built like that. Hey, hey, we don't have as many followers as she does. That's what I'm saying. We need the fucking Kayla Manthe to, to sponsor us. Um. Okay. So. Uh, it, what's the, so again, I said when I was in the military, social media wasn't a thing. Is mm -hmm. social media like a bit? Cause I feel like my drill sergeants, my, my platoon sergeant shit, had they this right now, like they were not, they would not have, I see a lot of things that I see kids have them in boot camp or this. I mean, how popular oh, is social man. media and how frowned upon is it in the, in the, in the armed forces? Having like having your phone in boot camp, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't a thing. We had a bank of pay phones, yeah, you know, when true. I got to go when I, or when I had gone to boot camp. So things are very different now. Um, social media is, it's really big. And I think that, you know, some people are using their social media platform for good and other people maybe, you know, they have different intentions with it, but to each their own, they could do whatever they want. Um, for me, though, like, I've gotten in trouble for social media a lot. Um, in, like, two, 2012, I was on the Chive. I was there, the Chive Ed of the Week, and Command, like, just <laughs> nailed me. They wanted to kick me out. And there's an article that so this this female, so it was, like, the, uh, the commander and, like, a bunch of other people from Big Air Force, they had seen it and they were like, oh, we don't want her in our Air Force. And I'll never forget it because it was like devastating. You know, I'm like, what was E2. it? Just a picture? And, and there were just pictures. It was like me sitting there in my uniform or like there was nothing vulgar or crude about it. And it, I was very careful to separate like my modeling photos from photos that could be, you know, misconstrued or somebody like look at it in a negative right. way. 
Um, but there was this female, she was like a, a colonel. She had said that I was too pretty to be in the military. Uh, and there there was a military.com article on that. And I was like, oh my gosh, she ended up getting fired. Busted lives matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like, that was like my first, you know, like, I feel like any, most female colonels too have that Joe Montana style haircut and like, you know, they had. G.I.G. They're, they're aerodynamic. Yeah. What? <laughs> hate gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, okay, so Instagram. and Oh, so what about, like, pictures you have? Like, I see a lot of pictures on there with, with weapons and with the other girls and all that stuff, and they seem very out of uniform. You don't get in any trouble for that? I have gotten in trouble... Uh, a lot of people complain in the DMs. I was gonna say big time. All the, like, all oh, the military guys. Are, yeah, yeah. Wait, it's not like it's not like people who are in right now. A lot of it's like retired yeah. people or so people who are like, oh, I almost went to boot camp. Uh, you know, you should be wearing that. <laughs> yeah, that's like your band sucks. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. band are you in? You're like, yeah. I played right. it. That's like banjo and high school. I, go, I, I can you. I can recite Private Ryan. Why did you not have uh, your BDUs on? It's like, dude, what? I got I got a message from some guy the other day, and he was just like, I, "I don't know like why you keep saying that you fly all the time because you know you wear this uniform and oh you must be a you you keep saying that you're a PJ." I'm like, "Bro, I never have said I'm a PJ man. Like I work with them, but I, a lot of people who you know aren't in or or they don't understand it, they're like, oh, that's kind of weird, you know.' And they ask a bunch of questions, but I get a lot of hate for for my Instagram, but. Well, I think that's a. I think that's you a, have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I think, and you know, honestly, Tommy's one of the ones that likes because I'll read things that people either post about him or me or whatever, and like he goes like, "Dude, fuck him," you know. And like sometimes it's that simple to just remember that because like yeah. I'm I'm not known, so when something like that happens, I want to take it so personal and go like, "Oh fuck, should I delete this? Should I take this down? I should have done that." And he's like, "Fuck him," you know. And it's like sometimes you you just need to hear that from someone else where it's just like, you know, "Fuck him." Oh yeah, I I've had that like recently. I went like I had some posts and it tore me up, and and other people were posting these like really awful things about me and like very cruel things and and mm. people you know people started to be like hey watch your back i'm gonna make you a skin suit and like just you know death threats and why stuff is like that, that a thing yeah i don't know i, I got i got i got some of those i'm it's like the botox it's the skin they, they just oh they want, want the skin <laughs> they want your skin i was like oh no. wait a second oh that's a whole other vibe I, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, it puts in a, in the a, lotion in a way skin. i want to go <laughs> in a way i want to go okay let's see this dude because i feel like you have to be very articulate to make me a skin suit you can't fuck up too many well, times well i just want to meet someone who threatens that because yeah. the most part is like first of all like you definitely got velcro sneakers on well dude it's people who are like a lot of people who threat who threat who've like given given me death threats i'm like first of all i've been murdered second of all I've seen murders. I've I've witnessed murders and and been murdered. I've seen crazy shit. S people stabbed to death, run over with cars, fucking just crazy shit. Cause that's what the, that's where I grew up. Just you know. And I'm like, most of y'all on the internet are not prepared yeah. for what that looks like. Well, I play you Call know? of Duty. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, uh, uh, you know, it's like I'm I'm a, uh, an Instagram model. I'm like, yeah, I'm a soldier on Call of Duty. Like, yeah. it's like, dude, you're not. You watch a bunch of horror movies, and you yeah. just like, just chill, bro, chill. Um, so I'm interested to know about. Dark. So anyone for for a PJ is uh, the PJs is a para jumper unit or para rescue, which is like one of the, or if not the most elite unit in the Air Force, correct? If we're being biased, yes. Right. Absolutely. Because um, I have a good friend who was uh, power rescued. Now, um, it, not too long ago, there wasn't many women involved in that. So, I mean, that's a pretty big feat, the fact that you were a medic for and worked alongside, I mean, power rescue or, or PJs. I mean, that's fucking huge. That must have been, you must have felt pretty good about that, no? I think I was, like, more scared because I, I came from, like, a more of a like forward staging environment and more scared and like what if i fuck up am i good enough oh absolutely like i knew nothing about the pjs and i knew i didn't know who they were 
But a girlfriend of mine was like, hey, this job just posted. You should totally apply for it. You would be perfect for this. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I applied for it. Like, not even thinking I was going to get it. And I was like, ah, oh, I, like, screwed up the interview. Like, I, I was terrible. And then they called back, and they were like, hey, you got the job. Like, And then, of course, you know, all the panic sets in. You're like, fuck, what did I just yeah. do, you know? But, it, I mean, it's been awesome. There, there aren't very many females, for sure. I mean, in our unit, I think we have, like, maybe – four or five and were those guys good with like helping you and teaching you and i think at first everybody kind of like opposes change you know Mm, and so there's always going to be growing pains with that and of course like i come in and i'm i'm trying to change things to make it work for me and did you you did you come in under a new position or did you replace someone that they had or had i replaced someone yeah so that's Mm -hmm. yeah that's tough too she replaced jonesy dude yeah. I, you know, and that's the hard thing. I know, and you, you probably you replaced a dude who is the size of two of us, yeah. who was like had like the the surgical hands of, yeah. like, you know what I mean, like a big guy, yeah. two sixty with dainty hands. Yeah, just like all right, we're gonna be fine, boys. <laughs> Made out of metal, just like. But I had like I had really big shoes that I had to fill because that person had been in that position for almost ten years. Oh wow! And so you know, me coming in there as somebody younger and new with not a whole lot of experience trying to change things you know yeah it was really hard at first but we i mean i love my guys i i have the utmost respect for them um and i'm i'm super grateful to actually be able to work with them it's pretty cool and so your deployments were with them yes and where, where were you? you had what two right two deployments yep two Iraq. You were just in Iraq, yeah, right? Yeah. Iraq. So, and you just got home? I did, yeah, like two ago? weeks ago. Welcome home. Thank so you. how? Thank so you let me ask service. you a question. You went to Iraq, and you know we spoke. You went to Iraq in January. Yes. And then you came home two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. What was it like coming back to America, post COVID nineteen? Uh, it was different. You know, the first the first deployment that I came home from, that one was also very different. But this what year was that? The first one? Um, seventeen. And both six months, nine months? Four. Four months, okay. Yeah. Sixteen to seventeen and then just those and then this okay. last one. Yeah. Um coming home like this time was way different just because of the whole COVID thing and everything was closed down and like you, you know, being deployed, you don't really have freedoms as it is and you eat right. shitty food and you're around people all the time. So it was nice to be able to have like a little social distancing so that way you could like gather yourself and try to be alone and get your schedule back to normal and stuff like that. Um, but this one, it was it was different and it was it wasn't different because, oh, you know, this deployment was crazy busy and, and everything else. And the things that I saw, it wasn't that it was more of a, a mental challenge to come back to mm. s- like such a weird, non-normal environment. Now, when you when you get home. Is there anything like when I came home, it was like a guy sat down to you, here's a piece of paper, you experience any of these things, you're good to go, you're cool. Mm-hmm. Bye. What's in place for coming home and like, are you okay? What can we do for you? Do you need help? How, did you experience travel? Is there things in place now that's kind of like a buffer zone in between I was just in a hostile war zone and now I'm going to friendlies and fucking woodland hills? Yeah, like we do. Um these assessments basically right before you come home and it's just a questionnaire asking like hey mm-hmm. how are you feeling so it's still just that it's it's still the same thing uh, i'm very lucky at my unit though we have a uh, licensed clinical therapist so if we need anything we can always call and i think that um our unit especially and especially in rescue like they're starting to understand that preservation of of people whether that's on like the uh, the physical side or the mental side. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important to be able to have people have that ability to come and just chat if they're going through something. How about drug addiction? See a lot of people dealing with that right now? Medication, drugs. I mean, no one was allowed to be on meds when I was in the military, and I feel like it's a thing now. I feel like that's all they, like the VA does, too, is all they mm-hmm. do is give out opiates, mm-hmm. and they just try to mask problems. Is it becoming an issue? I mean, are people experiencing withdrawals and stuff like that? I mean, have you seen personally people struggling with that kind of thing? I haven't lately, um, but previously, so early on, I I was able to work with the Army, and we saw that a lot. And Mm. and we saw coping with 
pills and being addicted to it or like always needing sleep meds or always needing muscle relaxers. And then it turned to, oh, we have all these people popping hot for UAs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we would have meth, like legit meth or a bunch of coke and pills and pot and and you just wonder like you know okay this is a problem what's what's going on you know not now, so with with working in the hospitals and knowing what the suicide rate is so high uh you know do you uh, what what is your experience of of dealing with you know suicides overdoses how has that you know affected you or what's your th- what's your kind of take on that as a as a, a problem the the easy answer is the system is broken they're they're failing their people is and and that's just that's my opinion you know that and that's how i feel about it is you know you have people who legitimately need help people mm-hmm. go through shit on a daily basis and mm-hmm. and everybody's had a different life you had a different experience in your army time i mean you've had much different experiences growing up and and same with me but we all go through shit we're human mm-hmm. and i don't think that the military you know, takes all of that into consideration. They're just like, oh, you need to be on antidepressants? Oh, get out of here. Like, we're not going to take care of you because you're, you're too screwed up. Now, what can, let me, let me ask you this, what can civilians and family members do to educate themselves to be more aware of creating a support system for their loved ones who are active duty? Education is always going to be the the first thing mm. for me it is educating yourself on understanding what what depression is and, and depression doesn't look the same for every single person. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding stress and, and what people might you know what what my stress is is different than yours. You know, you see me binge eating and you're like, mm, Kayla's stressed out, you know, but if you see me like not eating, you're like, oh, some, you know, something else is going on or, you know. You just have to be aware of those those key things, and especially if it's your family and, and coworkers, especially too. I mean, if you start to notice, you know, your coworkers withdrawing or something else is going on, you know, intervene and actually have a conversation. And mm. some people they just don't want to talk about it, um, but just being a presence and and letting that person yeah, well, know yeah, i mean why li- listening rather why than do you trying think to that, solve yeah. problems i feel like that's such a huge thing i mean i i'm a, a part of a few veteran things out here and one thing personally that i've helped that's helped me is neurofeedback and they have this program out here that's called uh, i think it's nationwide actually and it's called homecoming for vets and if you go to that website ucla is part of it and they offer these people that will do it for free if you're a veteran and you go and i mean it's literally done so much yeah i've done it yeah, shane, um, shane suggested to me and it's i it's, mean, it's, I mean it's, it's literally for anyone with ptsd but mainly for why i feel it's it's beneficial is because it's the least amount of effort for the biggest result mm-hmm. whereas talk therapy i have to relive this i have to do this this thing is literally you hook it up re-regulates your brain waves and people go oh my god i'm not getting shock therapy on stuff it's like dude it's it's literally nothing you feel nothing you watch tv and weeks go by and you go i don't want to murder people i don't want to kill myself weird you know but so many guys that i talk to especially veterans when i offer this information when i talk to them it's like why do you think it's so tough for military personnel to ask for help or to 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 you know get vulnerable enough to experience that i mean i think i think to a degree uh and i can't you know as a civilian who is the child of a marine uh, and a combat veteran um there definitely was a culture of the men in my family of it's not okay to be Weak. weak and so it wasn't until and that carried with me up until my recovery of not you know i didn't I, I remember going into recovery and this guy said, you know, he was like, the, the, the most important words you can say is, I don't know and I need help. And the three worst thing, words you can say in a row is, I got this, you know? And so I, I think that that's a big, you know, that was my experience of, of kind of breaking that, um, that lineage of men in my family that refused to get help. Like, I mean, my dad is like 71 years old and he won't even go to the hospital if he's sick. He's like, yeah, I'm good. You know, (laughs) like, I'm like, all right. I mean, I think that goes back to that when we had that thing about what a man is in the World War II, World War II, Vietnam. The walk it off. Yeah. 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 uh, Rub some dirt on it and and, walk it off. And I think that, you know, 
especially as a civilian trying to get so, but never mind being a veteran where you're taught that you're better than civilians, like that, like you are the elite human being, at least when I went through infantry school. And then well, the expectation is greater. Yeah. And now it's this thing of like, there's no such thing as weak. There's no such thing as you need help. You are the fucking help, mm. you know? So now it's like I come home and go like, well, how do I ask for help if I'm the help? I'm, I'm very confused on how this works. Or now I'm going to be weak or I'm not going to be this fucking soldier of fortune for the rest of my life and all this yeah. shit. And it's like... It, and then it's, there's also like, there's also, uh, I definitely see for men, there is something unattractive about the pendulum swinging the other way. These like, the overly uh, feministic, um, estrogen-dominant male males in America, which is like, you know, and all they do is seemingly talk and feeling, and all they do is seemingly, you know, it's like they're not really men of action. They're men of, of imagination, yeah. you know, and, um, fantasy. and fantasy. And so... And that has a lot to do with like you know being living in the simulation of like living your life on a computer and living your life in a video game, right? Um, you know, so that so it's important to make the distinction that those are not synonymous. You know what I mean? And that you know, just like maybe those guys could use a gym membership and a, and a hamburger, you could also use some talk therapy and get your emotions out. Right. So you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Somewhere in the right. middle right. is where I'm we kind of you know yeah, it's like you know? where we kind of. And that's why people need people. That's the thing. That's why this country Human is connection. great because we we need the ability for people to be on complete opposites of the spectrum to respect and care about one another to find middle ground and so that we all heal. Anyway, that's just my, I can, I'm gonna start singing. We are the world. Yeah. No, I, I like my biggest thing with with that is you know don't be afraid to ask for help. I I've had to ask for help and it was the hardest most humbling thing that I've had to do, you know, cause you sit there and you're like, okay, well I have to be tough, especially, you know, because I work with all these dudes who are super tough and mm -hmm. you know, you, you don't want to be that, that weak link or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, for the team. But if I'm not helping myself, I'm not setting an example for other people as well. And it's okay to, to get help. I've seen some of the, the most strongest, courageous dudes ever full on come in bawling their eyes out being like Kayla I need help and that's like do you find do you find things. that as a, as a uh a, a, an a, like an alpha female that you it's easier for men to to be that way with you at work um I I don't know necessarily because I'm alpha as well I think it's just because I get it mm -hmm. I understand pain and I understand hurt and I understand that you know people go through different things that, that maybe they need help with, mm -hmm. you know? And I think ju it's just part of like my, my compassionate nature that's more understanding mm -hmm. as opposed to oh, I'm alpha. Right. So um, before we, you know, let's jump into this, uh, the thing with Vanessa Gian, and um, it's a very unfortunate and sad and horrible thing that happened. And, um, I believe it was uh, some guy that was pursuing her or whatnot and killed her and dumped her body by the river and the girlfriend may have, well, ex-girlfriend may or may not have had something to do with it. Yeah. I think well, she's been a devastating story. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly, yeah. I believe. I, I, and again, like, I don't want to misspeak, but from what I understand, from what I read, that was, uh, the guy was a superior officer. He was made advances on her. Something went sideways and he bludgeoned her and put her in a work box mm -hmm. and then took her in his car and met up with his ex-girlfriend or lover or there's whatever. A, yeah, so the story, I mean, there's a and lot they, of different things, different yeah. theories Where was this that this it? took place? What base? Fort Hood. Fort Hood, and then they uh, dismembered her and then poured cement over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put her um, in a shallow grave. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, it's not. I don't know. Even know what to ask about that. But as a well, woman in the military, I mean, that has to be infuriating horrifying. and horrifying simultaneously. It like it brought up a lot of emotion, especially as a female who has been sexually harassed and mm -hmm. sexually assaulted in the military. Mm -hmm. It it brought up a lot of like, oh my gosh, I know, I know how she feels. 
and her being 20 years old, you know, you're young and, and yeah. And that, you know, it goes back to like, yeah, I didn't report anything. I didn't say anything because I was Wait, young. So you had a sexual assault and you didn't report it. I didn't. I was terrified. Um, what about now? Is it too late to report something like that? Or do you still live in this place of fear because you're enlisted? I don't think I'm ready to be completely honest. But So now how do you cope mm-hmm. with that? Because that's traumatic. Uh, I, I have our, our counselor. Um, I've spoken to like our, our guy at work. Um, I've put myself through just kind of like self-help type books and I've gone through different resources that the military has to offer to to deal with it and I found you know the gym and fitness and going to school and I, I kind of never drugs and alcohol do you have your nope. struggles with that nope. hmm. very nice mm-hmm. um do you uh must be nice to have parents a kid um well I want to talk about well I don't want to move on from this because I want to I, I do want the perspective um uh, what your perspective is on what what is the solution to these scenarios what is the solution to the sexual assault what is the solution to the you know this the the Vanessa Gian story which is on the the is a which is obviously a very extreme case um and it's probably going to be something that draws the 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 attentions that's necessary to bring about change and why isn't this talked about more on the news than COVID-19 yeah COVID-19 or (laughs) you know it's like a 20 year old um you know a 20 year old uh military personnel is murdered and dismembered by uh another and this guy Another blew his head officer. off or something, right? Didn't kill himself. Yeah, and then and then it's kind of like, oh, it's not really a big deal. But then, like you know, if the cops shoot a guy who steals their taser and fires it on them, we're like supposed to have engage in another race war. So, why is it that this isn't more wide? Like, why isn't this more widespread information? Why, you know, and then and what do we do? How do we respond to this? To to how can civilians say when I we don't want this? We don't want this for our women in the military. What do we do? There has to be a culture change and the culture is it's not going to change. Yeah. And that's really heartbreaking to say. Mm-hmm. Um there are so many females. I did a uh, a calendar shoot with a bunch of veteran females last year and every single one of them had been sexually harassed. Every single one of them, you know, had problems with superiors and things like that. Or they they went and said something like, hey, this dude's making me feel really uncomfortable. My, um, you know, my superior came on to me or, or whatever, and, and nothing happened. Um, you know, and these are some incredibly strong females who mm. actually came forward and said something. But there's... Sadly, it's just, you know, I don't feel like there's going to be a change. We can report all we want, but going through for the Air Force, you know, like green dot training or, or sapper or mm-hmm. any type of sharp, like, cool, okay, let's check that box. Here's your, you know, read this PowerPoint presentation mm-hmm. and we'll call it a day. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there needs to actually be accountability and change and action that comes with that, especially for the individuals who who commit those offenses instead of like, oh, hey, you sexually harass this female. That's cool, man. We'll yeah. go ahead and promote you. And uh, Here's oh, an you- Article 15, maybe. Not even that. They'll brush it under the rug and they'll move the female or the female is going to start being treated poorly, you know. And, and granted, that's not with every case, you know, yeah. but people need to be held accountable for what they're doing and shouldn't be rewarded like, Oh, you, you harassed or assaulted this female. You know what? Let's give you your base of preference. You want to go to Italy? Go to Italy. Like, yeah. it mm. shouldn't be that way. Again. You you know, people need to be held accountable for it. And I think how many times we've mentioned on this show accountability, yeah. right? And it's because, like, and, and you're right. And I was curious to hear what you're going to say because it's not going to change. Just like racism in America isn't going to change. I mean, it, can it slowly by little? Yeah, but it's going to be the same, you know? And it's sad to think that, a black guy that wants to play hockey has to just assume that he's going to hear the N-word once or twice because it's not a African-American dominated sport. Same thing with a woman that joins the military 
just has to go, well, I know what I'm signing up for. I really Wait, love to hockey, be. Hockey players are racist? <laughs> well, so bummed, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, they're trying to Have do. Have you been to Canada? They, These are the yeah. nicest motherfuckers. No, that... I know. There's actually a few of them. Van Kane, there's a few that have started this yeah. thing that's, uh, you know, and they're actually after. that's. But here's the thing is like. These things happen and small changes happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So more of the hockey players, I have friends, my my, my buddy Rich Clune and a few other guys that uh pushing for this, you know, make hockey uh an altogether thing. Like yeah, you, you yeah. didn't realize that how dominated it was. And, you know, these guys have to hear a lot of shit, whether it's in the locker room, whether it's from fans, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, and these are some of the and the the things that That's I would feel like an African American guy has to go through to make it to the NHL, and most of them get there and dominate fights, t- score. Like, these guys are good hockey players, and that's mm. all that should matter. But, sadly, where we live, you know? And it's the same thing with the, with the military. is Jackie going. Robinson whole you know, thing. Yeah, yeah. am I a woman? And I, I'd love to be in the Air Force. I'd love to be in the Army. And I guess I just got to accept that at some point I'm going to be sexually harassed, and there's nothing I can do about it. That's fucking horrifying. There was a, a Wisconsin Air National Guard colonel who was just relieved of her position for saying uh, something very similar to that. Like, oh, if you, I, and I, you know, I'm going, I'm definitely going to misquote it, but it's something that people need to read. Having mm-hmm. somebody uh, as a female in that position saying a comment of, you know, oh, you should know what you're getting yourself into. Absolutely not. Because what does that show? Right. Oh, I can get promoted and do whatever I want and, and still be this way to people mm-hmm. and, and not, you know, protect the people who are protecting the country. I, she, no. Like, how do you feel? So how do you, as a, as a woman in the military with other women who are serving, who are, who are the victims of sexual harassment and, and sexual assault, I, I always wonder, like, you know, there's a in in Hollywood. There's a whole genre of pe like there's a whole movement of women who have falsely used the Me Too movement to get a payday. And you've seen it with uh, yeah, I've experienced it. Uh, Johnny Depp had went went through this. Yeah, he, being he, called a bitch doesn't qualify. Yeah, and it's and then it's what, on a daily and, basis. Well, yeah, I know. And then and then a lot of what these and it's it's not necessarily always the women. It's like you know what happens is there are law firms that specifically are invested and they make hundreds of millions of dollars by suing male celebrities um, who just simply Sorry. have a relationship or end a relationship with a woman who is not of the same earning capacity, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I mean, and so I'm just like how, you know, and then, and then also even the, the purveyors of the me too movement, how they ignore, you know, Joe Biden's sexual assault claims or, or his, his mis- rubbing. Yeah. Or the, or the, <laughs> yeah. Or his inappropriate touching of At children his groping and molesting yeah. of children in public. Hey man, want to not rub my kid's head? Thanks. You know? And yeah. so, you know, you have like all the witch hunters who are the purveyors of this movement and a lot of good was done. You know, we put a lot of bad people away like Epstein, yeah. Weinstein, these guys fucking got, you know, they got what was good for them. But also in the process, uh, you know, there were, there are, there were hundreds, if not thousands, of unpublished settlements that never went to court because men of wealth just had to fork over the dough to these like Instagram models and playmates and you know fake victims. You know, so uh, what do you what is that? What do you think about that? I think I'm gonna shoot my shot. Yeah, not suing one of these guys. Yeah. You should listen. Start your OnlyFans. They might drop in your DMs, I'm bro. It's gonna be like Johnny Depp has been sexually fucking harassing right? me, and it's it's too much. I've had enough. It's as believable as Kanye was for president. <laughs> Stop, dude. Uh, I think you know there just needs <laughs> there just needs to be a change with with everything, and and I don't I don't have solutions. I don't have answers. I wish I did. There, you know, the Vanessa Guillen, there are some congresswomen who are coming forward mm. who are like, you know what? We want to represent this family because the family was just fed lies and mm. bullshit. And, yeah. you know, they deserve to know the truth. They deserve that closure. And, and that was their daughter, you know, and, and it's every female. It's our sister, too. Mm-hmm. You know, but and I feel like isn't the closure going to be here some money? 
I, I would hope not. The, and for some people, they say, you know, oh, the closure is, oh, he killed himself. So that should be closure enough. But that's not because he may if, have. If he killed himself. <laughs> yeah. Was so he friends him? with Epstein or not? Yeah. <laughs> the Clintons? Yeah. But, uh, um, <laughs> well, before we get out of here, uh, what, so what's going on with you guys with as far as the base and the COVID and the mask and all the shit? How social distance and bananas are you guys on base or is it or even you got back here before it was a thing? over there or even oh no it was really big over there too so we were in a smaller area um and so you know it was you know the mask regulation came out the social distancing you had to be six feet apart and then in the chow hall they would only let a certain amount of people in um and are they giving you n95 like real masks no. and shit or it's just here's a fucking nope. bandana uh, yeah, it was basically like here, you know, they never gave us anything. Uh, we made a lot of stuff. Some yeah. of us had like as we love doing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, give me an idea to create. I'm in. I'm and we start had a lot of people come shit. up with really cool ideas too, yeah. and like you'd see people making the fucking poncho liner around my face. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, whoobies, you know, like and we what saw what is a whoobie? They're the best blankets ever. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get you one. They're, yeah. they're really awesome. Right. It's just this like got a fucking whoopie material. That's it's it is it's like a nickname, whoopie. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'm gonna call you from now on. <laughs> my little white blanket over here. <laughs> I'm gonna wear them on my head. My little hoodie. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, they, they took things very seriously over there. And I think the DOD kind of, you know, they've all taken things very seriously. We all, we all saw the policies that came down, all the memorandums. But mm -hmm. because COVID changed so rapidly, um, you know, and, and they didn't really know what to do, a lot of our policies changed, you mm -hmm. know, weekly and daily. And things just were like, okay, we'll wear a mask. Like, we're not going to do anything else until it changes 10 other times, you know. Um, but we weren't back in time to, to be around the people who had to like leave work and who had to telework or not even come in at all. So but now, don't you work in a hospital setting? No, I don't. Oh, have you seen personally firsthand cases or anything? Or people? No, I, I've been in quarantine. So I, I got off quarantine like two days ago. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, we're not supposed to be going anywhere. So all activity anything. kind of been shut down? Where I'm at? Yeah. For the most hmm. part, I mean, you know, I still, uh, still got groceries, so yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like we were supposed to be, you know, staying indoors and, and staying away from people in case we were going to be symptomatic or anything like that. But we went back to work on Friday, um, and it was, you know, the the masks and the social distancing, and they're, you know, complying. The DOD is complying with whatever the CDC is in uniform or in whatever Kayla feels like wearing. I, I wish it was whatever I felt like wearing, <laughs> but no, uniform. Right. But the CDC and the World Health Organization keep changing <laughs> what they say. They do, yeah. I know. I got in, I got for, on Fourth of July. I've temporarily posted the. Uh, did you see that? Oh, I'm gonna. I'll read it to you. So this is the the oh, California the the yeah the stuff? California yeah. Civil Code Section Five One Seven A. And so basically, the Civil Code states that no business is allowed to refuse service based on uh no not no mask that if you have a health condition so i have i have asthma and emphysema and so i had this whole situation where in the gym they were trying to make me wear a mask i'm like i'm not wearing a mask um, i have a doctor's note i have a government signed paper paperwork i have an albuterol pump and i was like i'm not going to do it and I'm, I literally was instructed by my my primary care physician that it would be damaging for me to wear a mask while working out for more than five minutes at a time. So I'm not wearing it. And they were like, sir, please. Yeah. And I was like, just go look it up. And they looked it up and they emailed me and they're like, you were right. Oh, we're not going to take it. <laughs> no, we ain't going to take it. It's also hard, too, when you're friends with like microbiologists and they they like the um, masks are utterly worthless. And they're literally a symbol of servitude. Fall in line. You're Shut like up that. Shut up and wear your masks. All right. But people uh, get mad. They're like, oh, yeah, what uh, if you. Somebody was like, what, what happens if you're telling people that they don't have to wear masks and a bunch of people die? And I'm like, live free or fucking yeah. die. New Hampshire state motto, baby. That's right. I'm getting a um, tattooed on my fucking forehead. So, uh, and my dick so you can fucking <laughs> suck it. <laughs> Hey, You're like, there it this is. guy's like, holy All shit. Right. <laughs> um, Uncle Tommy's back, kids. 
So before we get out <laughs> of here, be my character I, fucking, in WWE. I hope that everyone's fireworks supply is fucking depleted because I've had enough of the goddamn yeah, fireworks. Please. Hey, no more fireworks, guys. It's Jesus over. Christ. Please. I heard bro. a fucking Gatling gun go off. I thought I seen a guy run by with a fucking musket last night. Um, all right. Uh, I want to thank you, Kayla, for coming in. Um, and thank you for representing uh, the women in armed forces. And thank you for your service. And thank you for what you do. And thank, thank you, you for coming in. Very much. Um, you can find us uh, on YouTube, Deviant Gentleman Podcast. You can find us on all listening platforms at Deviant Gentleman Podcast. Mm. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Deviant Gentleman. Uh, Tommy's personal page is at Tommy Vexed. Mine is at Shane.Vitkovich. Um, you can find us online, DeviantGentleman.com. You got any plugs, young lady? No. You can, <laughs> find, <laughs> you can find her Instagram as the Kayla Manthe, M A N T H E Y. The. And I will have those feet pictures. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. You got anything? No, that's All it. Right, thanks. Guys. See you later.